Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Jim Ventura. Uh, again, welcome everybody to the show. Uh, if it's your first time tuning in, a little quick uh, info about the show and me, and then we'll kind of move on to some other things here. Uh, again, my name is Jim Ventura. The uh, show, we've been on for a couple of years now, and we generally run every Thursday, uh, most Thursdays anyway, and um, got different different themes for each show. Uh, today's show is a listener's choice show, so we're going to open up the phone lines a little earlier than normal and give uh, any listeners that are uh, listening live an opportunity to uh, ask about any type of metaphysical questions or uh, even for a free, quickie, five-minute mini-reading, uh, pull a card or two for you, if that's more interesting to you. And uh, again, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a pre- professional uh, navigational consultant. My words for a uh, spiritual counselor, uh, I work with astrology and numerology and tarot and runestones rune and animal cards. I've actually worked with a lot of different oracles over the years. I do uh, one-on-one sessions with clients uh, professionally, uh, locally here in my home office in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and I also uh, do uh, phone sessions. Uh, if you want some information about setting up a personal session, uh, even if you're not local here, you can do it by phone. Uh, you can go to my website and check out any info on that and books and various other things that are available. Uh, all that info should be up here as well, too, on the uh, Blog Talk Radio site. Anyway, um, so yeah, I've been doing uh, you know uh, counseling work and sessions with people for quite some time. Uh, our show, Snake Oil, uh, is, is uh, it sort of springs from my column that I do once a month. If you're not already getting my monthly Snake Oil column, uh, email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com uh, or VenturaWords at Mac.com. And I can add you to the free newsletter mailing list uh, so you can get the monthly column. Uh, usually, first show of every month, I read my uh, my current column on air, talk about that subject for a little bit, and then see if anybody has any questions, comments about it. Uh, this show again is our our listeners' choice show, so we'll see how we do today. Uh, with if we got any uh, call-ins, anyone who has any questions or comments, if there's a subject that you want to talk about today, then that is going to be uh, this is a good show for to do that since that's that's what it's set up to be. Um, if we don't get any uh, media callers or uh, you know people jump into the chat room here, uh, I will. Uh, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna come up with a specific subject and, and start working and talking about that, uh, and then we'll again we'll put that phone number up in a little while. Also, uh, most of you who are listening, you should have access to that number anyway. Uh, the call-in number is one six four six two hundred three nine six six. And again, that's one six four six two hundred three nine six six. So feel free to call in if you've got a subject that you would like to ask about uh, during the show. Okay. So that said, um, we'll see uh, what happens uh, with the phone lines. And uh, you know uh, what I was thinking a little bit about talking about uh, on the show today is, uh, you know, it's funny because when I uh, I was thinking about that uh, before I, I guess you got on air, I thought, well, I, I always have something in the back of my mind that I do want to talk about. Um, you know, typically, you know, some shows might get a barrage of people calling in and asking questions. Other shows, uh, you know, it's a little quieter 
And uh, so I always kind of have some type of thing that I want to bring up and talk about. So I thought, you know, it really didn't have much on my mind, but then, you know, I kind of started thinking about uh, a couple different things that I would I would like to uh, to bring up for today's show that I think will be uh, interesting for my listeners to contemplate. So one has to do with, a, you know, a reading I had done for myself. Uh, every, you know, couple of months I sit down and I read my own tarot cards. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy doing that. Um, it, it's not something that I do, um, you know, every, every week or two. Uh, I generally find that I usually do it about every three or four months. Um, sometimes, you know, with tarot, I may not even do it, you know, maybe do it once every six months. Generally, it's usually about three or four and uh, one of the reasons that I don't do it often is because the tarot is a, it's a great tool to work with, but it can be um, it can be a little uh, it's very detail oriented, which some part of me likes. But at another level, sometimes we really can get caught up with paying attention to the details of the tarot and and looking for them. You know, and at one level, you want to do that uh, because you know one of the ways to learn and understand the tarot at a personal level, of course, is to see what the symbols are and then observe your experiences, you know, you know, like a card that appears in the, the next turn of events position, maybe representing what's going to come up in the next month or two. Uh, you, you might be able to identify that right away when you do a spread. You know, sometimes it takes a little longer to kind of get a feel for what that might be or, you know, as information unfolds. Um, that's where those aha moments come. And, and even for me, who has, has done this for many years, and is very, very well versed in the meaning of the cards. Um, you know, sometimes I'm even surprised as I as I kind of learn as I go uh, around, uh, you know, uh, developing more insight to what the cards mean and, and how they apply to us. So, at a very personal level, you know, I had done a, a spread for myself uh, back in you know, the early part of the summer, and the outcome card had come uh, up the King of Swords reversed. And uh, I wasn't really immediately sure what that might be. And then when I did my cards again in early uh, to mid-September, uh, I, again, that card showed up, but it showed up as, as an influence that was hanging over me. So, uh, really interesting because, again, at first I wasn't completely sure what the symbol was. And let me talk a little bit about that. Um, to give you know you guys a little bit more insight into uh, into uh, you know the meaning of the cards, the reason we refer to a, a card as a court card in the tarot is these are the people cards. Um, in the original tarot interpretations, when when tarot originally was was designed and, and used you know fairly heavily, um, generally it was cards would be read from members of the court in England and France. So in Turo's original interpretation, quote-unquote commoners were not necessarily allowed or able to have their cards read or to read cards. Again, it was something that was done more from members of the court. And that, that, that symbolism still is retained today. So when you, when you look at the people cards, um, again, we still often will call them court cards, the members of the court. And you know, and, and you know, it's almost funny because some of the original tarot interpretations are almost a little uh, racist <laughs> in some ways because, like, you know, you'll like the Page of Cups or the Daughter of Cups can represent a blonde-haired, blue-eyed or reddish, fair 
uh, fair-complected individual. You know, I mean, it, it could have left out a lot of leeway for the, the darker races and, and things of that nature. So you had to really laugh at, at how they were they were all designed. So, uh, you know, again, you get you get a kick out of out of the way that that was read. But again, I think most members of court in England or France were rather white in that sense in their appearance. So certainly we've adapted those meanings in this day and age to include many, many other cultural references. Um, I typically tend to focus more on astrological signs with, with court cards and that, those influences. But I kept, again, I kept getting this, um, this king of swords reverse sitting over me or, you know, came up as an outcome last time. Uh, I want to say hello to uh, Angel Love. That's a great name. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, I know sometimes people are just listening live and they're not actually in the chat room, so welcome everybody. But Angel Love has joined us in the chat room, so we'll say a big hello to you and anybody else who may be listening and then popping in. Hope you're having a good day. Okay, so uh, we'll give you some chance to ask some questions in a little while if you want to, or you can just hang and listen. Uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, again, I was talking about this King of Swords energy uh, <laughs> that, was, that was popping up in my cards. And one of the things that I found when working with Tarot is often the Tarot will specify a specific person um, by a card, but it also may, um, may, that may actually be a composite of people. You know, like, for instance, if you have a Tarot card reading done and you get, you know, the Queen of Swords reversed in your next turn of events position, it can indicate, like, kind of an angrier, um, antagonistic woman or someone who is shut down and doesn't communicate well at all or someone who doesn't know when to shut up, so to speak, you know, um, in either direction, someone who is an issue with their air, with their communication, with their expression. So, you know, again, that could be, you know, it's your boss or your sister or your mom or, you know, or your wife or it could be other things, and you have to identify those, of course, when you do a reading. But um, sometimes it will composite people. Sometimes it's, you know, there's an influx of multiple people that kind of represent those type of characteristics. And, And that's what I had found with this King of Swords reverse card that was was sitting over me in my spreads. Um, One, I had a really, really, uh, I had a new friend that became really a fast friend uh, in the early part of the summer, and and by by the mid to end of the summer, he just completely disappeared. Uh, I texted a few times. For some reason, the text didn't go through. Uh, He just completely vanished and disappeared. And it was weird because it was someone that I was talking to fairly often, uh, a friend from my gym that I would see, you know, I, I no longer saw him at the gym. He just completely vanished. So that, that element of the King of Swords reverse representing someone who's not communicating and shutting down, of course, made some sense. Um, often with males, if they have, they're having financial issues or issues around their work, a lot of times they'll shut down. Women are actually less inclined to do that. Women are more likely to want to talk and communicate kind of regardless of what's going on in their lives. Males often will, there's an ego issue connected with it. So in this case, with this particular friend of mine, uh, my, my instinct told me that he had lost his job and um, the, the company were foreclosed down, so I think that was part of him disappearing and his cell phone with my number, and it, of course, was uh, a work cell phone. So he vanished. So that was that, that was that part I got. But, you know, the other part of it, uh, is, you know, the King of Swords reverse can o- often also indicate maybe an authority figure or someone who's difficult. And that was another thing that had popped up. I had a number of different encounters with, you know, things like banks. I had an issue with the casino, um, some 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 negative stuff that had popped up. And 
what I got out of this, and this is why I think it showed up in another reading that I did for myself, is the reminder for me was when you go through any type of antagonism, you know, in a repeated kind of a way, it's kind of easy for us to get, you know, pissed off. We get angry. We feel like we're being attacked. Uh, we might want to fight back, especially, you know, fire signs definitely understand this, um, this element uh, fire signs, Aries, Sagittarius, as Leos, but almost anybody can understand it at some level, that sometimes you just want to fight back, you want to attack. Uh, so I, I had a series of, of, of difficult events that had gone down in the summer, and I think the message I got from the cards was for me not to become kind of that bitter, angry kind of a guy because I had a series of difficult things. So the people that I was encountering who were a little bit unhappy um, were reminding me, you know, I don't want to go down that road. I, I want to maintain my optimism. I want to be a positive person. I don't want to let difficult events make me crabby and, uh, and bitter and unhappy in any way. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, I really kind of got that message loud and clear. And it really was reconfirmed for me. Um, I had a client that came in. Uh, about two weeks ago, and uh, you know, I never mention the names of clients or any personal details, obviously. But I had a client who had uh, it was a, uh, a gay male who had had some really difficult issues over the summer with a relationship. Uh, he's in school uh, and and is having tremendous difficulty with school. He's going into a lot of debt connected with going to the school and had failed a class or two. And it was really actually tough to talk to him because he had a real sense of, of victimization about him uh, that made him really, really unhappy. And, uh, you know, one level, very understandable. I mean, w when you go through difficulty uh, and it's repeated, and you know, feel, when you feel like you're you know, it's like a battering ram when you keep getting hit, uh, yeah, it's sad. You, you can feel, um, you know, it can make you depressed, you know, the most obvious sense of, of what that means. So yeah, he he was struggling, and but you know he also you could tell he was kind of getting really too heavily caught up in the poor me syndrome, a lot of fear, a lot of anguish, and I found personally it was a little tough to work with him that day. But you know when he left, I, I think I, I may have helped in some ways, but also um, it was that reminder to me. I thought to myself. You know, there's a message here, which is I don't want to. I had a you know relationship issue in the summer. I had a you know a friend or two that disappeared. I had some issues with the bank. Again, I mentioned a few of these difficulties, and it was easy for me to get crabby and get irritable. But now nah, I don't want to become that. You know what I mean? You know, you go through difficulty in order to learn how to not have difficulty, and we go through difficulty sometimes also just because you know it's difficult um, astrology. Uh, there's a lot of toxic energy in the environment, and you know we pick it up, and, and then we're being tested in that way. But I think the test, we pass the test when we we move through it, when we we don't let ourselves become kind of embroiled with with long-term anger and get stubborn about it. You know, everybody has that friend or you know person that they may have known in their life who you know say their you know their husband left them ten years ago, and they still refer to them as that bastard. Or you know, I mean, or have this intense anger towards something that was many years ago, and I always find that funny because even when I get angry, it usually passes after pretty quickly. Uh, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know, I don't hang on to anger that long. I find that it's kind of um, self-defeating. 
So, but we all have had those type of people that, you know, again, that are, are still kind of bemoaning something that happened, you know, a million years ago in that sense. And um, that is a stubbornness. That's a, that's a, that's a choosing to hold on to um, a slight in injury. Uh, you know, there's, an, there's, a, there's a saying by a famous philosopher uh, that I, I've quoted in my newsletter a few times. Uh, his name is Marcus Arielis, and his uh, quote is, reject your sense of injury, and the injury itself disappears. Uh, so again, reject your sense of injury, and the injury itself disappears. And, and, and that's a really key thing to remember. Um, you know, you get what you concentrate on. And it may not, you know, you know, when we have difficulty, you know, it is natural. You have to get pissed off. You got to go through sadness, whatever your response is. But have the experience, have those feelings, and then get over it and move forward. So uh, that's why I think this kind of kept popping up in my cards. And again, I had to laugh because I thought, yeah, you know, I'll get these little reminders until I really fully grasp the uh, the lesson. And you know, I mentioned one other thing about this. And then I'm gonna, you know, bring up the phone number line again too. If anyone wants to call in, has a question. Um, uh, what I'd like to, you know, kind of bring up about this is, you know, I had mentioned a few of the difficulties I had over the summer, and I have to tell you, you know, I, I know a lot of people, a lot of clients, a lot of people had difficulty this summer. It just seemed like there was something in the air, um, and. Uh, I had an issue with the casino that had come up, and uh, without getting into a lot of detail, I got mistreated in one of the. I, I go to Vegas every month and a half, every two months. It's one of my little kind of fun pastimes that I do, and um, I normally get like free rooms and free food. I, you know, I gamble just enough to cover these freebies, not in an extravagant way, but enough to make me a kind of sort of positive player. And there's a casino that I've been going to, you know, anywhere from four to like seven times a year. Since literally since 1997, and I got treated really poorly by uh, some members of the casino staff, um, and it, it absolutely floored me. It really pissed me off. I, I felt it was a total level of disloyalty, and so I wrote a letter to the casino. I actually, when I was there, I talked to one of the front managers, and they didn't really do anything to solve it. It was pretty minimal. So I wrote a letter. You know, fortunately for me being a writer, when I write a letter, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Uh, you know, <laughs> they're usually not taken lightly when I write a letter. And even after I wrote it, I thought it was a little harsh. But again, I wanted to really send it to um, them also uh, so that they know what had gone down. And, um, you know, to help them with their own, you know, their own, the casino itself. I, I love the casino. I enjoy it. I, I, I know a lot of the dealers there, the blackjack dealers, uh, <laughs> the uh uh, waitresses and the people at the front desk and the cage. I mean, they 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 often recognize me. The people at some of the restaurants. I mean, it's a cool casino. It's a little home away from home for me. So I didn't really want it to to end in such a negative way. So it's cool because it took about two weeks, but I did get a letter. I didn't get a letter. I got a call from one of the kind of heads of the company, one of the CEOs, and they told me they had reviewed the letter. And they were really apologetic about what had happened, and they wanted me to come back, and they wanted to give me a nice room comped for a couple of days whenever I wanted it. And they wanted to make sure that everything was, you know, fine again, and they had straightened out the problems, and they talked to the staff member that had caused the issue. And so it was kind of nicely resolved. And, you know, I, I, I'm glad that I opened my mouth in that sense. Um, you know, sometimes you really do need to complain and, and, and state your case, but also, you know, I, I found, I also find, and I think that this is 
important that, you know, a lot of times we get really good results also by being nice. You know, uh, when, when we're complaining and we're bitching, you know, sometimes you just have to. But really more often than not, I think 90% of the time, being friendly and being nice often gets a better result. You know, because even in the same trip that I took to Vegas a couple of weeks back when I had this issue with one casino, I had checked in with the one casino and had a really bad time the first day. And then the second day of the trip, I had a comp room at another casino, a different one. So comp means like a complimentary room. So I had checked in to the next casino, and when I checked in, the girl behind the counter said, oh, you know, Mr. Ventura, we're sorry, your room is not ready. And I said, all right, no, no problem, that's cool, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just go check my bag, I'll go play for a little while, and you guys just call me and let me know when it's ready. No, no issue whatsoever. She said, hold on a minute. She went to talk to a manager real quick, and she came back, she said, you know what, forget about that room, we'll just upgrade you to a better room for free. And... I literally, no joke, I was upgraded from probably an $80, $90 a night room to like a $250 a night room that had a jacuzzi in the bathroom. Um, there were three different televisions, a separate living room, a uh, TV set across from the, the, the huge jacuzzi in the bathroom. I got this amazing, beautiful room for nothing for three days. In fact, most of the time when I'm, when I'm, I'm gambling, I, I'm hardly even in the room at all. So it's funny because I kept staying in the room a lot and getting some writing done and hanging up there because it was just too nice not to stay there. So even in that trip, I experienced you know bitching and then niceness and where that that kind of took me. So again, that's what, I'm, what I was talking about. About you know it really is interesting when you um, work with things like tarot because it is it's a fascinating study. Uh, you know sometimes the meaning of the cards is immediate. Other times you may need more time for meditation, contemplation, or for those events that are associated with that card to surface so you really can understand what's going on. Okay, another subject I want to talk about that I'm going to bring up here that's very, very uh, relevant to the times, but uh, in case uh, it seems we've got a really slow, uh, slow uh, uh, chat room today. Last week we were packed. This week there's nobody around. So uh, I'm sure there's some listeners uh, listening live uh, or will certainly catch me in the archives. So I'm going to keep talking and we'll just go with my subjects for the day. Uh, this is funny, by the way, too, because when I do my shows where I kind of have a specific focus or a specific theme that I'm on, I get a lot of callers that want to call in and ask personal questions. And I always do the same thing. I'm always like, I have one or two shows every month that are listener's choice shows where the listener can call in and get the little mini readings and all those things. So and that's today. <laughs> so when I do these, I don't get any calls. You know what I mean? It, it, it's very funny. So um, anyway, the call-in number here is 1-646-200-3966. You may or may not have to dial a 1 first. Uh, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, you have to call the number again is 646-200-3966 if you want to call in and have a question. A comment or you want to ask about a personal thing or just a subject that you'd like to ask about today's the day to do it. Okay, so I'm leaving that out there. We'll see if anybody calls in and uh, I want to bring up another subject at this point that I think is very, very, very relevant um, to what's going on right now. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of uh, very intense movement right now uh, around uh, this occupying Wall Street uh, movement that's going on. So without getting very political about it, I still do want to talk about the ramifications 
of this event and and, and what's going on and, and kind of what it all means. So it uh, looks like we're not getting callers today, so I think I'm going to spend some time on this for a little bit. Okay, so the uh, Occupy Wall Street. Um, you know, it, it, it largely I believe it started in New York, and now it's popping up in, in just hundreds and hundreds of cities all over the country and is actually expanding all over the world where this is popping up. So uh, this is a pretty big movement. And let me tell you about what I see that's good about this particular movement because the whole idea is based on that 99% of the population have you know, or little to nothing and 1% of the population has all the wealth. And this is a big part of where this fight is coming from. And there's some real, real validity to this. Um, so there's a couple of angles to view it uh, from. And I, I, don't, I certainly don't want to attack uh, wealthy people um, because there are wealthy people that are awesome people that, um, that move their wealth around, that are generous with charities and helping people and creating jobs and, and, and generous in general. I mean, there's a number of celebrities that are this way and people in other different elements of, of, of life that are amazing wealthy people that understand that, that wealth is, you know, you don't just sit on a huge pile of money. You, you know, you move it around. You keep it active. You, you know, you use it purposefully. So there are wealthy people that are really wise. And uh, when I'm wealthy, um, which is uh, an inevitable thing I decided, uh, <laughs> I will uh, certainly do that as well. You always think that when, when, the, when I have a lot more money and I'm a lot more wealthy, like one of my key causes is, is kind of helping with animals, uh, dogs and cats and just animals in general. Um, there's so many causes that are valuable, though, but it, it, that's one that's a little bit near and dear to my heart. But... Uh, so anyway, so this, well, this occupying Wall Street thing, it really does have a purpose. And what you see is, and this is what a lot of people are complaining about, that it feels a little bit like a bunch of crazies and hippies. And, you know, that, of course, is always connected with large cultural events this way. You're going to have people that are topless, and you're going to have people that are really rebellious and, and performers, and you're going to have people that are, you know, going to have sexual their relationship, not a sexual relationship, they're going to have, you know, do things a little on the crazy side. Oh, that's always going to be connected with, with, with large crowds uh, for the most part. You're always going to get some of that element that comes into play. But for the most part, a big part of what this is, and I, you know, I had said this even on my Facebook page that I, I had said, um, it's funny because it feels a lot like the late 60s, early 70s again. Like suddenly people are kind of picketing and they're revolting and they're, you know, really questioning the, uh, the uh, order of, of, of the pecking order of how things are and, and what's fair and what's not fair um, and what they agree with and what they disagree with. So personally for me, um, I, I love that young people are opening their mouths too. I mean, one of the complaints that I've been saying for years is that the, the last generation seemed to be very, very um, indifferent toward anything. Uh, and, and this next generation that's coming in seems to want to, you know, fight a little. They, they want, they, they're, they're suggesting, they're really talking about what's unfair. And, and it's not just younger people, too. I mean, if you go to where this is all happening, it's, you know, every age imaginable, every every color of the rainbow, every sexual orientation, you know, everything is being brought up here. So I'm happy at one level to really, really begin to see this, this life force and this vitality coming up in people, again, 
uh, that they want to kind of fight a little, that they, they've got something to say, that, you know, they're, they're willing to put it out there. So, but what is happening, and let me, let me mention this from kind of a metaphysical angle as to what's going on, because uh, I think this will be uh, of real interest to a lot of my listeners. In a nutshell, there are, uh, uh, on the physical plane, there are five types of people that exist on the physical plane in terms of soul age. If you can, uh, if you can grasp the idea of reincarnation and that we live multiple lives and then we eventually kind of cycle off and fully go back to God and we go through these series of lifetimes, which is a, really a deeper metaphysical truth whether you, you want to believe it or not. You're going to live multiple times. Um, so the five different soul ages, and that's what they are, you, you know, you graduate through soul ages. They have nothing to do with physical age, by the way. You know, if you're a baby soul, you can be a 72-year-old baby soul, you can be a 72-year-old old soul. But in a nutshell, the five stages of, of soul age development, and I'm going to just give a quick synopsis of this, are infant souls um, generally are souls that are newer to the physical plane. Um, often the themes are about survival. Uh, infant souls often are very raw. Um, they often have to be kind of almost sort of taught morality because they're experimenting with those things. Um, so infant souls often have a, a less evolved kind of position because they don't have a lot of experience with lifetimes in societies. So they're a little bit raw that way. Not a lot of infant souls on this planet, by the way, you know, on Earth plane now. It's just not a lot. There's still some, but they're not as common. Then there's baby souls. After a number of lifetimes, one graduates into the baby soul. You know, baby souls are kind of the type of people who generally are um, often very, very, uh, very, very black and white in the way that they see things. Um, a lot of really hardcore um, I hate to use the expression Bible thumpers, but people that are literal about the Bible or whatever their philosophy or perspective that they were taught was, they, they're literal about it. There's little, little shades of gray. Um, you can get, on the positive side, you can get the kind of sort of sweet, kind uh, people that just are kind of rigid in what they believe, but they're often devoted to whatever they are devoted to. On the negative side, sometimes you can get things like, you know, the, the KKK is a baby soul organization. Um, you know, uh, uh, really, you know, I hate to use such a negative example, but unfortunately it is um, an example of it. It's, it's kind of, it can be very, very, we're the good ones, you're the bad ones. Again, it's, you know, they often are uncomfortable with sexual energy. That's why baby souls, you know, homos to them are just horrifying. Um, so they're, they often repress a lot of things that, makes the, that make them uncomfortable. Um, we definitely still have large pockets of baby souls uh, uh, in, in this country as well, too. You'll, you'll see more of it toward the middle of America. Although remember that, you know, soul ages are not that, 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 that cut and dry. You can have old souls in, in Minnesota, you know, or uh, anything else for that matter. Um, then, of course, there's the young soul, which is the he who dies with the most toys wins philosophy. Young souls are more polished. They're often more, um, more sharper. Um, they're, they're really about being successful and climbing the ladder on the physical plane. Um, and then you have mature souls who have been, had many lifetimes under their belt, and begin to be drawn to alternative philosophy and religions, and they have that that kind of difficulty that mature souls will go through with having a higher evolved level of compassion. They see themselves in everyone and everything, creating a little bit of a confusion for the mature soul uh, because they they're, they're almost too they're almost too emotional, too giving. 
a lot of uh, you know dramatic relationship themes for mature soul cycle, but um, it is a very evolved element of the cycle, really a higher level of caring that begins to come up as a soul has lived in many lives and in many bodies. It, it, of course, it becomes often less prejudiced in its perspective. And then there's the old soul, which is, um, you know, old souls have been around uh, a lot of times. They're often kind of hedonistic to other people's standards. Um, they often can be a little bit on the lazy side while being awful talented at things. They often can be very talented, almost in a way that's unnerving to people. Um, uh, but old souls, they're often all about spirituality and philosophy. Again, they can they can be successful, but they, they just usually don't have that draw as much as, as younger souls will toward being successful in acquisition and things of that nature. So I can give you a lot more examples of this, but I, I just in this brief time I want to give you some of the basics. Um, a lot of this material is, is from a, a series of books by Chelsea Quinn Yarborough um, called uh, Messages from Michael. Uh, awesome. Uh, 70s, 80s books that are still in print. Um, really amazing uh, material. Anyway, so brief synapses of Soul Age. I could I'd love to go into more detail about this. I actually teach classes on this as well, too. If you're local, um, you could check out my website and get on my mailing list and find out when the next Michael classes are. Way cool classes to take. But So what's happening is the average Soul Age on the planet is has been about what we call seventh level young. And this tipping that's going on is now the average soul age on the planet is now first level mature. There are seven levels within each cycle, first level mature, second level, third level, fourth level. So as an overall average, the average soul age is now first level mature. So what you have, and this Wall, bringing this Wall Street movement is really bringing this to surface, is what you have is you have... The, the young soul order about he who dies with the most toys wins and greed and acquisition, you have this group of people attempting to tenaciously hold on to that order where the mature soul energy is being kind of pumped in just again by the law of averages and the mature souls are looking for equality and balance and, and harmony. And um, so that's what this battle is about. You know, much of the whether you were happy with the hippies and all of those things at the time when it occurred, again, it was largely a mature and somewhat old soul kind of a um, revolt um, in terms of the way that it, that it was coming across. So you kind of have a lot of that again, where there's a lot of these mature souls and old souls, and, and some youngs are, are really looking at, at, at this new order of fairness and, and that it's got to be more balanced and it's got to be more even and... Um, so that's what this battle is about. So the young souls, of course, are holding tenaciously to the positions. Um, I'll tell you, you know, not to get too much into prediction, but I'll tell you, you know, in the long run, the young souls are going to lose. Um, it's just a sheer numbers issue. I mean, people are, you know, at some point, if, if things don't change and, and, and there's some kind of harmony and some type of a balance, you know, it, it might get rockier where, where people might, you know, start taking things back. And I, I hope it doesn't get to that point personally. But, uh, you know, we're going to see some of this going on um, as, as, again, the youngs are holding tight. You know, it's, you know, it's little things like, you know, like the average CEO of a company makes like 458 times the average worker. In most other countries, it's 20 times the average worker. In, in, in America and some of the industrialized countries, 458 times. You know, that, that's boring on cuckoo bird stuff here. You know, talk about 
you know, the middle class kind of getting beaten down. Um, so that's what a big part of this is about. So from a metaphysical angle, it's the battle between the young soul uh, philosophy and way of being and the mature soul philosophy, which will, again, I'll, I'll tell you guys, and it, it may take years for it to happen, but it's going to win. We won't go back. Um, it just may take a while. Now, the ones who are really struggling the most, of course, are, strangely enough, are baby souls, uh, because they don't even know what to do with it in that sense. To them, all of this is really tremendously confusing. Uh, it's it's funny, I, I always kind of feel bad for, for baby souls when I run across them, because I really think they're in a lot of pain um, in this culture. They don't have the savvy of the young soul, and they certainly don't have the, the, um, the uh, depth of a mature soul, and then they definitely don't have the detachment of an old soul. So they really, really are struggling. Um, that's why a lot of people who are very, very kind of hardcore religious um, are feeling like they're being attacked. In many ways, they are. Um, it's because that kind of rigidity that, you know, you know, people getting all angry about gay marriage, all these other kind of dumb things that are baby soul kind of uh, energy patterns are... Um, really, uh, you know, causing some 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 anguish in that sense. So it is. It, it's a tough thing, and I I feel for for people um, because they may not necessarily understand what what is going on. So okay, let me see. We got someone jumping in, in the chat room. So let me say hi to her heretic heretic heretic. Uh, uh, I'll do my best to pronounce your word. So hello, welcome to the welcome to the show. And also, uh, welcome Dreammaker to the show. We've got, uh, we're almost at the end of our show, but I'm still glad you guys <laughs> have jumped in and are joining us anyway in that sense. So absolutely welcome. Good to see uh, both of you uh, hopping in on the show here. So anyway, uh, we've got a, a few more minutes of the show. So if anyone has any questions or anything, feel free to throw it out there. Um, yes, Dreammaker, absolutely ask a question. Um, uh, you're at the Dreammaker saying, can I ask a question? Yeah, feel free to fire away. Uh, again, I don't have a lot of time, but I, I definitely will address anything asked. So type away, and we'll see what we can come up with. I'll have a drink of water in the meantime. Uh, heretic, but with a bit of humor. Oh, I get you. Oh, it's heretic. See, this is how dumb I am. I do this all the time. I call it my... Uh, I call my Archie Bunker syndrome, <laughs> which is a great example of a baby soul that I was just talking about. But I do it purposely. Sometimes I mess up words and names like almost out of humor. So heretic, I like that. Um, my, my column is called snake oil, and, and that's very similar to kind of heretic. I, <laughs> I called it snake oil because people would call me a snake oil salesman. So I, I figured I'd just run with it. Somebody once called me that at a party. They said, oh, Jim reads cards and stuff. He's, you know, he's uh, he's a snake oil salesman. So it's like, okay, that'll be the name of what I call my column, snake oil. Anyway, so okay, let me see. Uh, uh, so Dreammaker is asking a question. Let me read this out loud so anyone who's um, who's uh, who's uh, not not in the chat room and catching this or listening in the archives will know what we're talking about here. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah, see. The her heretic is trying to say in humor. Yeah, I love being a wise ass. I, I call it being a Sagittarius, by the way, too, in that sense. But I, I, I like to say that I'm wise and I'm also a wise ass. And I do that for a reason because humor is a powerful healer, by the way. Okay, so let's get to Dreammaker's question. Uh, Dreammaker's asking, I want to know if Jason will be asking me to marry him soon. He said he has a serious talk to talk to me about just wondering 
what this will be about. Okay, let's see what we get. I'll pull a card or two for you here, and we'll see what we come up with. Uh, so, you know, when somebody asks me a question, you know, I absolutely have an opportunity to to answer it. And I'm ready getting impressions. I guess I don't really need the cards for this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, you know what? I have to tell you this, uh, Dream Maker. I feel like it's like um, I'm getting kind of yes, but the way it's coming about is going to be a little odd, and I think you'll know what I'm talking about when this happens. When it, this thing about the serious talk is I feel like Jason is planning on your future together. So, yeah. I, I like he's planning on your future together. So I love that. I think that's a positive. But I got to tell you, I feel like, because I pulled a card in it and it came with the Ace of Stones. And it, and it's funny because this card apparently is meant for you because then I, I reshuffled again to pull another card. I pulled it again out of 78 cards. So apparently we meant to get this. So the Ace of Stones has to do with a new business venture, a new plan, a new practical one. So what I keep hearing is that his demeanor about it is going to be very, very practical. So I think you're getting your answer that he's planning on something with you and he wants to talk about the details and the practicality of it. So that's very cool. Um, I think you might be a little, a little disappointed um, with um, it not being as maybe romantic as you might like it to be in that sense. I keep kind of hearing a pragmatist, you know, someone who's being very practical about it. So, yeah, and, and, and Dreamick is asking, is he moving in with me? Yeah, I think that that's what this is about. I feel like he's, he's coming up with a plan for a very practical plan for his future connected with you. I don't think you have anything to worry about. Um, I, I like the energy of it because I feel like that's what's happening is he's planning, he's kind of plotting and planning um, the practical details of, of laying out a future with you in that sense. So, yeah, in answer to your question, yes. He's gonna he's gonna ask you something along the lines of that about moving in, about possibly planning on a marriage, about you know what I mean. There's something about that coming into play. Um, so I, I think it's I think it's good, and I am I am getting a feeling that it is the beginning of something. In that sense, so very well maybe that he might even be asking about moving in with you. Uh, I keep hearing financial too. So there's the uh, there's the uh, there's a, hopefully that, that helps answer that question in that sense. So, yeah, that's what they're saying to me. They're like, you're going to like it, but, again, I, I would say, you know, you might've, it might have been a little nicer with a little bit more romance attached to it. But it, it, it's, it's his way, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's just his way. I think that that is his way. I, but I, you bring it up and you ask me the question, and I see him literally, like, like plotting and planning and and I, I do I feel like you're kind of building something together. So awesome, awesome. You know, there, there's definitely something coming out of this. Uh, so okay, good. Well, we got to answer one question today. That that's exciting at least. Um, and oh, in fact, all right, let me give you. I read, pulled an angel card for you, Dream Maker too. I've only got one more minute, but I want to read this real quickly. I pulled an angel, and the angel's name is Serafina, and she says, "I am the angel of families. A happy change or addition is coming to your family." Yeah, so definitely, that's a reconfirmation of this as well too. Yeah, there's something coming down the pike with that. So uh, very cool. All right, good, good. We got we got a, we got a question in. Okay, um, let's see. Uh, we got about another minute or so. So 
Um, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you guys came in. You came in toward the end, uh, but, you know, it's fine. Don't don't worry about that. Uh, yeah, did you make a thing? Maybe it's a baby. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't be all that surprised by that. That You know, sometimes it's a baby. You know, sometimes it's just getting a dog with someone or a cat or or something like that, too. But, yeah, I'm telling you, something, something's coming down the pike with that. Okay, so, uh, all right, so I uh, thank you, uh, both Dreammaker and Heretic, uh, heretic, but it, I know it's meant to be heretic, so I like that. Keep on, keep with your sarcasm. It's a good thing. I find it's uh, definitely a powerful tool to have. Uh, okay, so it looks like we're running down on time on the show. Um, if you're uh, if you're not uh, already getting my newsletter, email me at venturesag at yahoo.com or venturewords at mac.com, and you can get on the free mailing list to get the newsletter. And, uh, you know, you can go to my website and check out all my books and CDs and all the other things that I have available. And, um, you know, and information on personal sessions. If you want to get a kind of more detailed session, you can kind of check that out. So uh, thank you for, for joining me today. And uh, I will be back again. You're very welcome. Uh, I'll be back again uh, in two weeks. I'm taking next week off, so I'll be back here again uh, the following week on the next Thursday. So uh, we'll catch you later. And uh, thanks again for joining me. Cheers.